the saga continues for No Man's Sky and for Samsung as their Galaxy Note 7s continue to blow up, and this time on airplanes. Our main story tonight we're calling The Spirit of Radio as we discuss how people consume content from the early days of radio until today. And we even add a new segment to the show that we're calling The Lightning Round. Enjoy. We're back. This is the Concession Stand, episode number five. I am your host, Nick Howell. With me, as always, my trusty co-host and adored friend, Mr. Andy Nelson. Andy, how you doing, sir? I'm doing great. I'd ask you what you did this week, but I was online with you most of the week anyways. Uh, playing the Rise of Iron expansion as we grinded our light level up as high as we could. We're not going to get into it, but uh, that's what we did most of the week. But there is some news. But before we get started, isn't there a... Uh, a thing we got to do first? Oh, absolutely. On your cue, sir. Ah, uh, the Stone Cold Salute. Here we go. I said give me a hell yeah. Ah. Oh, if only I had a coaster to put this beer down. Oh, wait. I do have a coaster, and so do you. Oh, I just got mine. I wanted to send a big shout out to uh, Phonic, as he is intimately known on PlayStation or Xbox, right? Yep. Uh, Andrew, thank you very much for the coaster. It's awesome with my gamer tag and everything on it. I'm looking forward to sitting many beers on that as I uh, enter the Crucible. Yeah, perhaps perhaps many beers in this show itself. But uh, yeah, uh, Andrew Papa Stefano, our good friend, also known as Phonic Online, made these awesome. Uh, Papa Giorgio? <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> made these awesome coasters uh, that just say our, our fleet name or our, uh, clan name, rather tenacious fleet. And then they have our gamer tag on him. Uh, he made him with his 3D printer. Yeah, so. he's really into 3D printing, yeah. which is uh, untapped at this point. He's doing all kinds of crazy stuff. With yeah, that thing. really good guy. So thanks again. Big shout out to him. Uh, thanks, yeah. Andrew. Yeah, dude. All right. So speaking of video games, the uh, <laughs> the the saga continues with No Man's Sky as uh, this week, apparently, <laughs> uh they shut down the actual subreddit for No Man's Sky. Wait, who did the 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 advertising uh, commission? Or so, so I'm not a big no, not the advertising commission. That's still a, from what we talked about last week. Okay. This is just the community people that run the subreddit for a place for discussion groups and whatnot. So I'm not a massive Reddit user. I haven't really been bitten by that bug. It's like the new forums, like what we used to use ten or so years ago, but yeah. now it's in like this kind of streaming conversation piece. Anyway, it has. Um, self-appointed admins that actually create the subreddits, right? Yeah. And a lot of these more popular ones have multiple admins so that they can keep track of who all these things are going. Not this one. The No Man's Sky subreddit had one admin, and it was called Rogue Wolf or something like that, I think it was. And he just decided, because all the conversation that was going on uh, in there was just controversial and negative and blah, 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 lack of response from Hello Games and Sean Murray, he just purged the whole subreddit. It was like, well, that's that. I'm yeah, out of here. It was Peace. Like a, com a community of like 100,000 people looking for somewhere to go to talk about No Man's Sky that they've been going to forever. Just, it just disappeared for I don't right. know, a day or two or something, right? <laughs> and, and just to delete an entire forum <laughs> like that in history of, I don't know, two months, however long it's been out. Yeah. Uh, it, it's just silly, and it's childish, and it's <laughs> petulant, and just... Uh, anyway, the good news is it's been completely restarted under the subreddit slash r slash no man's sky, yep. and it, they've completely taken it over. And the guy who has has created the new subreddit has said, "Look, we don't need to have any complaints. Any complaints about the old admin and the actions that were taken will be deleted and purged. Uh, we're we're going to move forward from here." Blah 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 blah. So if you're playing No Man's Sky and you're one of the few people that might actually enjoy it and be looking for a place to discuss. The game and the goings on within that community that you it's still there it's just a different name now yep you won't find us there though nope you'll find me in iron banner playing destiny <laughs> yeah. destiny you find me in <laughs> destiny playing iron banner that's the way i wanted to say that oh oh okay so moving on lots of news to get through this week um a samsung galaxy blew up again 
But this time, it had two good conditions. One, it was on a Southwest flight, oh. and it was a new one. Oh, so a replacement phone? It was a replacement oh, one. Oh, God. So now we have Southwest Airlines basically, and, and I would say this is going to be across the board across any airlines because there's now an FAA notification at the airport that says, turn off your phone, don't leave one in the checked bags, don't charge it or use it on the flight, and if you do any of that, it is a federal uh, federal crime because you're 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 ignoring an FAA regulation wow. by doing that. Wow. So now on the, anytime you fly, you're going to have to... Uh, please try to put your cell phones into airplane <laughs> mode. And uh, by the way, if you're one of those assholes that brought a Samsung 7 Galaxy Note thingamajigger that blows up on the phone, uh, yeah, please turn it off. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> so that's, that saga continues. I, I don't know where that's going to go. Uh, apparently, also an iPhone uh, blew up in the box or something I heard today. What? That. Oh, uh, wow. Yeah. So uh, they don't really know. This is all rumor and speculation. They haven't really validated whether it was real or it was basically a guy opened a new one sealed in the box and he opened the box and it was it had exploded inside the box. Wow. So that was uh, another one. That, so it's not just the galaxies. Oh. As we continue to ramp up the technology and the hardware in these devices, packing more and more into a thinner and thinner platform, we're going to start getting into some of these laws of physics called, I don't know, thermodynamics yeah. and the ability to cool these things and, you know, Packing lithium into a tiny little space like that, shit's gonna blow up. It's yeah. it's just it's the way it works. And it's scary that it's happening on airplanes. I mean, yeah. We don't <laughs> Can you imagine have... if somebody left oh. one in a check bag oh. and it oh. blew up? It set the clothes oh. on fire, and oh. now you've got a, a plane on fire at thirty six thousand feet. What a nightmare! What a nightmare for the PR department for Samsung. Oh. I mean, oh, oh, that's horrible. I can't even imagine. Speaking of new phones, ah, uh, yes, Google announced that they also have a new phone now. The Pixel. The Pixel is what they're calling it. Also, we also got a new messenger app because everybody, we've got 27 different messenger apps now called Allo, right? As, as like a, I think it's a funny, I don't, don't quote me on this. I think it's a funny way of saying, hello, oh. like, almost like the British way of saying hello, right? Oh. It's just, it's, it's silly. Yeah, anyway, uh, yes, we have yet another messaging app. I think you're going to see the rise of these other, uh, you know, universal apps like Pigeon or do you remember like ICQ yeah, yeah. and uh, Trillium yep, yep, yep. that used to, used to be able to log into all your messengers and have right. one play? I think we're going to see a re-rise of those now. But back to the actual phone. Um, look, there's, there's one, I don't want to get too much on my soapbox here, but Google is trying to pull an Apple in a sense by creating this ecosystem of all the devices. So now you've got a phone, you've got a Chromecast, likely to have a set-top thing in the near future. They announced a new Chromecast, I think, too, right? They did announce a new Chromecast. Uh, you've got uh, new the Chromebooks and all these different devices that are coming out. Look, the goal here is to continue to provide you with um, curated content. That's really how I want to say that. So the between your searches, between the use of Chrome as a browser, between your phone... Uh, usage, the apps you download, your Google Play subscriptions, all of that stuff is used to curate content and advertising is a great way to say it. Curate advertising and sell you as a demographic to third parties so in order to market it. So wait, what's different than what Apple does? They have an ecosystem too. They don't have a search engine. Oh. They're collecting data on their user base, but if you, it is greatly less than what uh, Google's search engine user base is. So Google does this thing with all search data. When you type something into google.com yep. and you search for destiny ghost finder, sure. right? They're collecting all of your information off of their computer and they're doing a process of call, what's called anonymizing it. They're removing any of your personal identity from that. So it's keeping all of the, the data bits and using that to target you 
things that you've searched for in the past. So like when I when I when I go to um, ESPN and it suddenly shows me up in the banner ads a thing that I just looked at it on Amazon. Bingo. Right. Okay. Bingo. That's exactly what it is. So that's so Google's fault is what you're telling that's me. That's all Google. So anytime you see AdWords, yeah. uh, advertisements on websites, it's probably going to show you stuff that you've either searched for or maybe even on Amazon or any of those things, right? Things that you've been looking at on the internet. It's keeping, especially if you do it in Chrome, right? If you're using their Chrome browser, right. uh, it's keeping track of all of that stuff for you. So th they use that to target to targeted ads, right? So you know, it, the, the I will say the one thing that that kind of intrigued me when they're like, "Hey, if you buy our Pixel phone, we'll give you the free VR thing." I was like, "Oh, well, mm, you know, VR." That's, what? I didn't hear that. Yeah, I read that. That's kind of cool. But yeah. there's so many different things in the VR. That's a <laughs> we're going to get into the VR stuff when all those products start launching. Oh yeah, are a little bit more mainstream. But yeah, I think I think later in the year there there was an article I read today actually that uh, went through and rated all of the new VR games that are going to be coming out. You know, the, the GameStops and the IGNs of the yeah, world yeah. basically broke down all the different games. I think we're going to see a ton of the. I think that's going to be the Christmas toy this year. Oh, for sure. I think the PlayStation for VR sure. is going to explode. I think we're going to see Oculus uh, and Facebook uh, come out big. Do you know the Oculus was created by the same guy that created Doom, John Carmack, yep. of its software? Yep. yep. So I, I, great minds behind a lot of this stuff we're doing with virtual reality. I think we could do a whole episode on that, but let's let's keep moving on because we got a lot to talk about today. We sure today. do. Um, some big news around Netflix this week. Several different items, so we're going to talk about this for a couple of minutes. Uh, first of all, they announced that they were going to shrink the catalog by 50%. So the stuff that you're used to seeing in there, and, and frankly, I'm okay with that because a lot of the stuff is complete garbage that I'll never it's watch. not just that. I mean, there are so many movies on there that you can never find because they, they give you your suggested ones in each genre thing, but there's so many things on there that you'll never see based on right. the algorithm or whatever. Right, and it's actually harder to find stuff now than it used to be. I've noticed that recently. So it's, it's even a, though there's less to choose from. Well, I don't know that they've done the shrinkage. They yet. started it. They started okay, it so they started pruning. But uh, just the way that the layout is in the the newer Apple TVs and and stuff like that, even the website, it's starting to do this whole. There used to be a thing like new releases. Right now, all I see is continue watching, recommended for you. There, there's. It, there's no real like I can't just go and see hey what came out on Netflix this week yeah and that's hard for that so I think that's kind of a negative in that sense but the the point is that they're they're getting rid of a lot of the riffraff and they have all this big data on what people are watching but and they're what also they're not. aren't they also doing it to push their own their own material the their their created content I believe they are I think believe that's part of it so I don't think so yeah I, I think that's part of the article actually I think they're trying to make it where you, there's less movies to choose from and there's more of their stuff oh so less third party stuff more of their stuff yeah I'm okay with that that's yeah. fine I love what they're doing yeah me too. Uh, as far as I'm concerned, they haven't taken a misstep on any of the original content they've done. Although we might be paying more for it. Uh, oh, yeah, we'll get into that a little bit. Uh, speaking of which, <laughs> uh, an article came out today that the city of Pasadena in California, and this really doesn't have much to do with Pasadena, but they're considering um, a tax on streaming services such as Netflix, Hulu, Amazon Prime, all those, based on a law that was passed in 2008 around uh, treating streaming services just like cable. So right. what you may not know is that you pay a, or your cable company pays a tax to municipalities like the city or town that you live in and even the state in some cases. Uh, but those are usually taxed. You know, the Time Warners and Charter Spectrums are, I guess they're, they're all one now, but yeah. they're all Spectrum. But those guys are all uh, paying a tax to the municipalities. What isn't paying a tax are the streaming services. So as we get more and more into cord cutting, and we have we see people start to decouple from the companies, the cities and the and the municipalities are going, hey, where's all our tax revenue that we have from these? Cable? Oh, their ratings, their subscriptions are going down. Hmm. Okay. All now we have all these streaming services that we need to start taxing. Th this is dangerous. It sounds like a slippery slope. I this mean, is if, a if one, deadly slippery yeah. slope. 
Because if we start doing this, and I think it was in the article, I'll put a link to it in the show notes for you guys. Uh, there was a quote that they pulled out, and it's a, it, what it said was, quote, it's a dangerous precedent uh, to begin to tax streaming services like Netflix and Hulu the same way they would utility companies like Water and Power. And that's essentially what's going on here is they're talking about, and this is going to be on the ballot, right? We'll talk about that in just a second. But they're essentially talking about adding a 10% tax to every subscriber that Netflix is going to get a tax bill for every subscriber that they have from every municipality around the country. Wow. Frankly, it might even be around the world. I don't know if it's a worldwide thing or if it's just a state-by-state, city-by-city thing because all the tax rates are different right? Sure, and everything. So Pasadena, the example in the article, was 9.4%. So if we now all start tacking that on, does Netflix become $15 a month? Yeah, 20 Where's yeah. the ceiling, right? Yeah. So if we start doing that with Netflix, with Hulu, with HBO Now, with – um, uh, Amazon Prime, with all these streaming services that we all, what, ESPN, all right, all this stuff that we subscribe to. Well, are we right back to where we were? Yeah, uh, now it's going to get up to dollar wise yeah, per month. To, or are we back up to that hundred and fifty dollar kind of magic average? Yeah, the cable prices or the Directv prices. I mean, they're 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 all trying to figure out a way to get money out of it, right? Yep. yep. And I mean, on demand had its chance. It, it it could have really done well. I just don't think it delivered what we've seen Netflix, Hulu, and the and the like d- uh, deliver as far as a user experience goes, right? Yeah. Uh, lastly, the last big piece of big news around Netflix is you, one that you brought to me, and I'm going to let you kind of go over this one because I'm not that familiar with it. Uh, it's rumored that Disney is shopping Netflix in a way to uh, potentially buy them. Yeah, well, so uh, there was a big speculation uh, that uh, some big-time corporations were interested in buying Twitter last week. Uh, Disney being one of those names is uh, trying to pick up Twitter and just own it, right? Yeah. Um, uh, I believe that it says their stock jumped more than Twitter stock jumped more than 20% last week as a result of just like, oh, Disney might be buying it, right? Same thing happened with Netflix. There's a chance now that they might buy Netflix. Now, uh, as, a, as a father of two girls who love Disney movies and Disney products, uh, there's a lot of Disney stuff on Netflix already. So they've already got sort of their tendrils over there. So, I mean, it would make sense. It's a massive sort of streaming thing. And it's, I mean, they already own Marvel and there's a bunch of Marvel stuff there. I mean, they've, they've, they're already sort of embedded uh, it, it would make sense, and they certainly have the dollars to do it. Where know? do we get into this the monopoly conversation, though, of of Disney owning all of this different content now? Uh, it, Where do we get into the mega that is has become Disney with the Star Wars content, the Marvel content? Now they're going to get Disney. Where does it stop? They're going mean, to own the Muppets. I mean, they own the Muppets. They own Winnie the Pooh. Um, soon, maybe they'll buy the Bible someday. I mean, <laughs> who knows? I mean, who knows? Uh, yeah, it, it, I, I don't. I don't. I don't know the the monopoly and antitrust law thing. That's certainly uh, above my pay grade and knowledge base. But yeah. It seems like they will own everything very soon. Yeah, well, we'll keep an eye on that, and we'll keep you guys posted as uh, as more develops around what's going on with Netflix. But lots of stuff on them this week. Uh, speaking of Disney, by the way, uh, they're talking about doing more live action stuff, and I couldn't be more of a fan of that. Yeah, uh, well, they they do have. I mean, they, they they're coming off of doing the Jungle Book this year. Uh, I have the Blu-ray, haven't watched it yet. It's I've fantastic. Only, I've only heard good things. I've heard that the CGI with the animals was fantastic. Uh, they did the Pete's Dragon thing. I didn't see that. Uh, I wanted to. Uh, that's another live action thing they did. Mm-hmm. They did Maleficent. They did uh, uh, Cinderella. Uh, they've got Beauty and the Beast coming out next next year. But now they've talked about doing a Lion King live action, which to me sounds awesome. John Favreau is going to do that one. Yeah, too. but there's no people in that movie. <laughs> that's right. So the, the 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 intriguing thing to me, like immediately, my first thought was like, okay, it's going to be all animals, and that's fine. But they could also use the actual voice cast as well. They could, you know, we still have James Earl Jones. We still have Jeremy Irons to be Scar. We still have Matthew Broderick to play. You know, uh, we, we don't have Robert Guillaume to do uh, 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 Rafiki, the, the baboon, uh, like, uh, priest guy. Oh, but, yeah. But we could at least have all those people. We could have all them uh, singing this. They could use original recordings, potentially, or re-record stuff. But uh, if the CG 
CGI and the limited bits that I've seen from Jungle Book and you've raved about it, if that stuff is as good as it's going to be, and again, we're going to have another couple of years to figure this out, uh, it could be pretty cool. Oh, it, it could be awesome. But is it live action if it's all CG? That's, I'm curious. But where I would that... imagine they would shoot it in, in live action, like uh, in real jungle type environments, or at least try to recreate. I can't, if it's completely CG, I'm not into it. But if it's, if it's a Jungle Book style of like, animated animals on real you know uh, uh terrain i'm okay with that are they going to tame a, a a lion cub yeah, somehow and get, and get a get, get a monkey to lift do, him yeah, up it'll get weird when we do hakuna matata and they're like dancing on right. like, a, like a tree branch or whatever but uh, uh, I, I don't understand why you would live action something that has no live actors in it if you're just going to cgi it all anyway doesn't that defeat the purpose of it yeah why don't it, you just do a reboot of lion king yeah uh yeah but uh, you know <laughs> with today's they, technology they've got this cartoon the lion guard that's sort of a t- uh, spinoff of lion king that's on disney jr right now so i mean that property is still very relevant and again these live action things just they, they seem to keep turning around the beauty and the beast thing looks great uh you know uh they're they're talking about now doing mulan which is a great story which oh, would be a I really cool mulan. live action thing i mean they just have a they have they have a uh a vault full of all that, like Little Mermaid could work. I mean, all of these things could be great if they decided to like this this huge uh, vault of stories and, and and characters, and it's got a built-in audience, and and if and they don't really mess anything up. Uh, I I didn't see Pete's Dragon; it didn't do great uh, at the box office, but I'm sure it's great. So the, there's been a couple of uh, different versions of the Jungle Book I've seen come out. There was a cartoon, there was the original film, there was other. This one that I saw most recently, I didn't. I thought I was going to be offended watching it, just being like you know, super biased towards my childhood. But yeah. I, I, as a almost 40 year old man sat there with a huge grin on my face the whole time and thoroughly enjoyed every minute of, of that jungle book movie from last year. So definitely go see that. Uh, it's f- absolutely fantastic. Yeah. I'm going to try and watch it this week. Mulan and little mermaid. Yes, please. Well, Mulan's <laughs> definite. They're going to make that. Oh, but okay. Mulan's definite. The little mermaid. I've How got, far that, out are we talking here? Uh, it's gotta be a couple of years. I mean, beauty and the beast is next year. So I would imagine if they start lying, 2019, King, sure. Maybe 2018, end of 2018. Huh. Uh, who knows? Um, Could you imagine again, if they dropped the Lion King at Christmas time? How much money that would make? Yeah, I'm, yes. I mean, they, it was originally, if I remember correctly, working in the movie theater in '94. I think it was a summer release, but yeah, it would work in, in that time. You know, Christmas, yeah. kids. It's, yeah. it's a it's a box it's office perfect gold. Another Disney trailer that came out this week was the sort of Pirates uh, of the Caribbean five teaser. Which I, was, I don't remember the actual name of what it was. I don't, but Did they even have one? I think I, it was just kind of like, oh, it's Pirates Caribbean. And uh, Mance Raider from uh, Game of Thrones plays like the bad guy. Uh, I, don't, I forget the actor's name, but he's also Julius Caesar in uh, the Rome show. But, I can't uh, remember his name either. He plays sort of a bad guy. We don't see uh, we don't see Jack Sparrow in this trailer at all. They make mention of him. They find like a wanted poster. But this thing looks pretty dark. Yeah. And I was watching it with the girls. And they're like, I don't like it, Daddy. And I'm like, okay, I guess we would have wanted to do that. But, um, is, it, is the Pirates universe still relevant? I, mean, I think so. I'm a big fan of it because it is a world that you can live in and there's an almost infinite number of characters that you could play that were parts of that lore of the the Southeast and the Caribbean, the Atlantic, people that were coming over looking for treasure and the naval battles and all that kind of stuff. Where where Pirates fell off for me was trying to turn Keira Knightley and Orlando Bloom into pirates when they set them up as debutantes in the original film and all this other stuff. Yeah, so, they, they lost me in the third movie. I, I feel like the second movie was pretty good, and then yeah. I felt like once they had so much... Bill uh, Nye doing Davy Jones, yeah. I thought was brilliant. So good, so yeah. good. Um, but I think uh, what, what they lost me was was uh, in the third movie, and I feel like it was just like, okay, Kira Knightley, what do you want to do in this movie? I want to do this. And Orlando Bloom, what do you want to do in this movie? I want to do this. Yeah. Johnny Depp, I want to do this. And Keith Richards is my dad. Okay, great. Then they went and they made the fourth one. Well, it was Bruckheimer just, wiping yeah, his sure. ass with $100 bills. You sure, know? But it, I mean, <laughs> Stranger on Stranger Tides, the fourth one, do you even remember it? I, uh. I, I watched it. It was, it was him, and that was it. We didn't have any of the other. Uh, we didn't have uh, Orlando Bloom or... 
Keira Knightley, yep. or uh, I, we had Penelope Cruz this time instead, and Ian McShane was Blackbeard, which is cool, but it didn't really do anything for yeah. me. So uh, my hope for this one is that they uh, they do follow this kind of dark turn that it's going on, because I think that they've ex- explored all the fun, like happy, swaggerly Jack Sparrow wiggling around. and I, What I saw in the teaser looks awesome yeah and i'm i'm on board no pun intended but i, I just <laughs> but i loved i loved the whole thing about the scary guy coming out and like taunting we didn't see any of the original characters in that teaser except for except for the wanted poster of jack sparrow and apparently that's who they're looking for so yes so we may not get it this may be a rogue one-esque kind of yeah, side story said tw- what did it say 2018 or, or i think at the, at the end of that trailer yep. so we were a ways away from it but you know but what they've got so far is very promising because they've already shot and CG'd and rendered and done all yeah, that stuff. It's a so true, it's a it, true teaser. They teased yeah. me, and I'm like, okay. And I'll definitely put it. A, definitely put a link to that one in the show notes for you guys to uh, to watch um, before you before we get going. All right. So we got some comic book news. Well, that, there's another teaser from the same company, sort of. Yes. Sort of. Not really. Because kind of. It's, it's Wolverine, who it's a Marvel product, which is owned by Disney, but it's actually a Fox movie because Fox owns a property to Wolverine. Blah 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 blah. Um, they're going to make another Wolverine standalone movie again with Hugh Jackman. The last one yeah. this time. We're serious. Well, maybe. <laughs> but I mean, let's be honest. Hugh Jackman is the perfect Wolverine. I can't imagine anybody else in the role. He has just killed it in that role. It looks like they're going to go do the uh, old man Logan storyline, which um, sort of it's it's him as an old man. And he's sort of gone off the grid a little bit. And uh, again, that's all speculation on a lot of people's parts. But. It looks like he's an old man. The the the, the teaser poster is just a, a, a shot of the claw hanging down and, and, a, and a small hand holding the claw of a child or maybe another, maybe the X-23. Yeah, so whatever. that's the rumor I heard was that it's the X-23 kind of female version of yeah. Wolverine. That storyline is where they were going to... And that's from um, the folks over at comicbook.com. They, right. they put that up this morning. So I don't know. It'll be interesting to see this develop. I agree with you completely. There's nobody else on this planet could play Wolverine as, as far as I'm concerned. I'll be personally offended if they ever do try to do that um but at the same time i don't know i i'll go watch anything hugh jackman's in i think he's fantastic yep and i didn't really love the last wolverine movie it had its parts that were okay but whatever i'm, I'm gonna see it wolverine origins was abysmal yeah it was but it gave us ryan reynolds as deadpool which turned into a great franchise yes. um not to be outdone the uh the friends over at dc were like hey we we're doing stuff too hey uh, hey guys hey, we're, hey, we're hey, over here in still our, in our universe uh <laughs> affleck came out this week and said uh there's going to be a bunch of different Batman suits in the standalone Batman movie, which takes place after Justice League, which Affleck is writing and directing called, ready for this, The Batman. Oh, Yeah, but that's okay. Uh, we did find out that the main villain is going to be Deathstroke, which is a sort so of... So who is Deathstroke? Fill that in, because I don't know that character. kind of like a tertiary, like, uh, imagine like a, not really a samurai, he's kind of like a ninja, like, dude that's, he's kind of like a Deadpool type, like... He's got like a mask and he wear, and he has swords and he has like uh, bandoliers of bullets and uh, but he's also he's like so he's it's a ass- dead shot death stroke. Uh, he's an assassin. Yeah. He's like a tertiary villain. He's a really cool villain. Batman's you know gone up against him a couple times in the comics. Um, you would think uh, we'd want to see a nor- you know in a standalone Batman movie we would want to see one of the normal rogues gallery of a Joker or a Penguin or a Riddler and all that sort of stuff, right? I guess not. And I guess they have a reason as to why, but we'll see. And they, uh, but the, but 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 DC has done everything right so far, so I'm sure it'll be okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm, I completely agree with you. And where did we get this Deathstroke? Inf- was this from a teaser from Justice League? Or? I think uh, uh, I, I I don't know. It wasn't in the Justice League teaser. I think it was just Affleck came out and said uh, in the movie I'm writing, Deathstroke is the villain. Yeah, there uh, was some interview he did this uh, week. Joe Joe Magnanello. I don't remember how to say his name is in it. Uh, uh, I think he would pull off the Slade Wilson role. Slade Wilson is uh, is. 
Deathstroke's real name. Uh, also in Batman news, uh, J.K. Simmons, who is uh, who is uh, um, uh, played uh, J. Jonah Jameson in the Spider-Man movies, and he was in Whiplash. Uh, fantastic character actor. Um, he will be playing Commissioner Gordon, which I'm really excited about. Now Gary Oldman killed it in in the in the Nolan trilogy, but. Mm-hmm. Uh, J.K. Simmons as as Commissioner Gordon, but it was just Gary Oldman running around yeah, screaming was, the whole there time. Like a, there was like a teaser shot of him standing like in a black and white photo uh, by the bat signal. Um, you know, I, I guess they're shooting that and whatever. But um, so yeah, so Justice League is you know I think DC is just kind of like hey we're doing stuff too and they're just trying to get their little news nuggets out and we bought it and we're talking about it so it worked. Uh, uh, the Batman really <sighs> could they not get, come on guys yeah. we had the Dark Knight. The Dark Knight we, got, Yeah, we've got some time. It might change. But for uh, right now, we can call it the Batman. E- even Affleck said in the article, I believe, he says, well, that's what we're going with for now. It yeah. may change in the future. I don't expect that to be the final title, to be yeah. honest with you. It seems a little too just on the nose, and it, it needs to be a little bit Look, little bit Zack Snyder's than. not directing it. Oh, thank God. Affleck's proven as a director. Yes. He is. I mean, he's a good director. Um, he's How do you proven- direct in a Batman suit? Pan Action! Pan all right, so uh, wrapping things, the kind of TV stuff up real quick. You watched the new Westworld. I have not seen it yet. You should. Give me your thoughts you on should. it. I'm it's, super excited about it's, it. Uh, I, it's, uh, I think HBO is hoping it's their new long-form, big-budget, uh, big-scope uh, 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 type of, of movie. It's based, uh, if you don't know, it's based on a, on a Michael Crichton book, which was also a Michael Crichton movie from the 70s. The idea, imagine, it's, uh, it's kind of like... The premise is it's Jurassic Park, but in kind of like a virtual world. So you go and you live in a world, but there's uh, uh, a bunch of androids or like robot type people uh, who are programmed to uh, to play certain roles. And you go in and it changes every day. It's kind of like Groundhog Day for the for the robots, but it's not. Uh, and, you know, things start to go wrong in the park and, you know, stuff's going to go down. And there's a villain in there played by Ed Harris, who they tease in the in the first show of maybe what's going to happen um, on a personal note. Uh, there was a, an actor that, that I knew very well. And my brother, uh, had worked with a number of times in the, sh- in the movies that he had made in college and out of college. Uh, his name's Eddie Rouse. And we lost him a couple years ago to liver, liver failure. Mm. Um, he is in, uh, and that was, uh, for, for, uh, friends of his, that this, uh, Westworld was his big break moment. You know, he had a, a major character, uh, in that show. Um, and he, uh, he is in that first episode and then, uh, he unfortunately died before they could continue on. Uh, and so they unfortunately had to write that character out. So, um, it was nice to see Eddie on screen on, on that show. So it was a, it was a very touching moment and uh, uh, I will always remember him. He was a very talented guy and a very great guy. So uh, awesome. just a shout out to him. Well, cool. So moving right into we got a lot of few things here to left to get to, I wanted to do a quick update on the WWE. So yes. if some of you seem to be hit or miss, some of you like it, some of you don't, we're going to keep doing them anyway. Cause we like talking about WWE. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, big things that happened this week. Look, we had raw at Staples center in yeah. Los Angeles this week. And we didn't get to go. Oh, it would have been great to have gone and told you a great story about our experience there, but uh, alas, yeah. it did not happen for reasons yeah. which we'll get into not really at all. Excuses and reasons. Yeah. And yeah, we just lost track of time. And I think by the time we would have been able to get tickets, it would have been like $300 a piece. And, you know, it's a lot of fun to be there, but, you know, it's, it's almost as much fun to be able to hear the commentators and talking about all that stuff after the fact as well. So um, speaking of Raw, the ratings, I've, I've noticed between watching, we've had this whole brand split thing. Yeah. Um, and we we've actually just completely isolated the rosters from Raw into Raw and SmackDown. Yep. And for the past couple of months, it's been a little bit, I don't know where this is going to go. We'll exactly. see, right? SmackDown is absolutely killing it. Yep. With their story writing, with their promos, with their management, with their mat wrestling. Uh, Raw, on the other hand, who you would expect to be the one to be jumping way out front, 
they're kind of shaken. Like I can't, I can't. It, the one yeah, I, I watched this week uh, was one of the worst I've ever seen, and I've been watching Raw for the last twenty-five years, twenty-some years, yeah, sure, at least going back into the late nineties. Yeah. So uh, this week should have been one of the best. Right, they always, it was they, one of the worst. They always, they always do good shows in like Los Angeles because they have all the access to the Hollywood star power. And normally, somebody like usually that's when like The Rock will show up and be like, "Hey, everybody, The Rock's here!" Hey, and he's like, he does his thing right. and makes fun of somebody and leaves, and everybody's like, "Yeah, The Rock!" And like it blows the roof off, the right? Place just for him to make his just whatever, that pop, yeah. his whatever contracted four appearances a year or whatever it is, and it's right in his backyard. So yeah. you expect him to show up. He didn't. Instead, we get uh, a Instagram war between Ashton Kutcher and Jericho, Chris Jericho, which. Jericho is hilarious, and, I'm, and you know that's great. But it was all about who's his best friend because Kevin Owens on the show is his best friend. Here's the thing: uh, I read that the raw ratings are as low as they've been in eight years. That's what? ridiculous. And the thing was, it seemed like a month ago when we were talking about this, when they suddenly they gave the belt to Kevin Owens and Triple H came out of nowhere. They could have gone anywhere with that, and then it just fizzled, 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 you know? And now they're having Chris and Jericho do, like, or I'm sorry, uh, Kevin Owens and Jericho do this kind of comedy sidekick show, and that's just really... Just after the they get Kevin Owens over as the champion, now he's yes. like, he's playing second fiddle to Jericho. Now, Jericho is hilarious, and the stuff he's doing is very funny, but it's like, what are we doing to try and get ratings? We're bringing Ashton Kutcher on. When was he relevant? When's the last uh, time he's been relevant? Uh, well, I mean, the tech community is huge. He's sure, a big but, investor, but I mean, but as far uh, as like selling tickets to stuff for people, two and a half men. Yeah, but that sure. Okay, I I don't know. Uh, wait, you don't. So, do you like Jericho or not? Oh, I love Jericho. Always have. Oh, Always I thought you're gonna. I was gonna put you on the list. Anyway, <laughs> moving on. Uh, look, this is the favorite time of the year for us. Uh, for for any geeks that are out there, uh, for any sports fans that are out there, it's it's Halloween. We've got a great month of horror movies lined up, sci-fi and all the AMC and all those guys are doing the marathons with the theme parks are lit up with all kinds of uh, mazes and attractions and scares and all that good stuff. Uh, but really, we have to talk about sports because this is a big time in oh, sports. My favorite time of year we've in got, sports. Uh, we've got postseason. We've got October baseball, which is huge. And it's already we've seen two big wild card games in the last two days yeah. that have just been might maybe two of the best postseason games I, I can remember in recent history. Yeah, the way quick, that they've finished. Quickly, the wild card thing. What do you, what's your take on that? I think it should be a three-game series. I do, too. I, I'm not okay with spending 180 games and then it all coming down to one game, one win or loss. Yeah, 162 games. 162. And then, and then, you you. Have, then you have a fourth team who is just good enough to make it if they had four divisions, which they should, you would have had a you know a normal playoff, but instead it comes down to one game uh, for the team to then play the Cubs or the team to then play the Rangers. I, I think if you're going to do a five game and a seven game series for the other two for the CS and the uh, and the series, yeah, you need to do at least a three game for the uh, wild card. I agree. For the wild card. I agree with you. But, but let's let's do a because best of three. we didn't. We got two single games in the last two nights that were just like. Baseball postseason dramatics at its finest. I that, mean, the, the yeah. walk-off home run in Toronto two nights ago and then the pitching gem from Baumgartner tonight uh, against the Mets uh, and then a, basically a walk-off home run for the Giants, even though it wasn't a walk-off because they were in New York, but that, that won it. Baumgartner you know, pitches a, a, a nine-inning complete game shutout, 23 scoreless innings in his last 23 innings of postseason play. It's just ridiculous. In, in the interest of full disclosure, you and I should probably disclose that you wore your Cubs hat over here tonight, yep. and I have my Texas hat on. So we have been longtime Cubs and Rangers fans, and we are finally getting uh, the potential for that <laughs> World Series where the Rangers have the best record. Or actually, it's it's one two. The Cubs yeah. have the best record yeah. in baseball, and the Rangers have the second best yep. record in all of baseball. And and that's that's huge for us. If we can get a Cubs and and I actually predicted that we would get a Cubs Rangers World Series back at the All Star break. I was talking with another friend, Jeff, about this. Uh, I'm so excited for the potential of that because I think finally we might get the two best teams in baseball 
actually in the World Series. Well, let's. let's and what first, scares me about? Down, hang on. We what have scares to keep me? The ab- Cubs into the World Series. That's the tricky part. <laughs> That's well, what, the tricky part. What scares me about what happened tonight was the Giants winning, and the Giants are a spoiler. Yes, they are. They are one of the best uh, in the last ten to fifteen years. One of the best postseason baseball yep. teams. Ever they win that they win the World Series every other year it seems like yeah and, and if and if as a Cubs fan I would have rather them played the Mets even though they lost to the Mets last year um, there's a still an outside chance that the NLDS could be here and the Cubs could play the Dodgers that that excites me maybe I get to go see one of those games mm, or something like that yes. that's kind of cool but um, again I, I I'm a lifelong Cubs fan we we haven't done anything if we make it to the World Series <laughs> then I'll get excited last year I didn't get excited when was the last when time they made it to the uh, NLCS uh, the NLCS the, cha- the uh, 1989 oh my God. Okay, so even if they beat... um, They made the playoffs a couple times in the early 2000s and obviously last year, but uh, yeah. Um, But those have just been like wildcard spots, right? Yeah. So we've actually got a real... They they have literally the best record in baseball for 2016. The best record they've ever had, I believe, or something like that. No, it's it's something like a 630 record. Yeah, it's been an exciting regular season for the Cubs, but... Don't want to don't want to dwell on sports too much, but uh, yes, like again, this is my favorite time of year. Uh, baseball postseason is always dramatic. Yes, there is the slog of the 162 game season, but baseball always gets exciting in the postseason. Uh, we've got, we're four weeks into NFL football, so things are starting to ramp up. Fantasy teams hit or miss, but f- the football starts to get better, and we're right around the corner Hockey. from the NHL. So uh, yeah, this is a fun time. One last baseball thing before, and we'd be I'd be remiss if we didn't bring this up, yeah. right? Um, this week we saw Vin Scully. Actually, it's been over the course of like the last two weeks. Yeah, but we did. We call saw him. Yeah. He called his last home game at Dodger Stadium. Oh, at, at Dodger Stadium. But yeah, his last ho- his last baseball call was in San Francisco on Sunday in the game that the Giants won to clinch their wild card spot. Sure, the, that's fine. Yeah, the last home game at Dodger Stadium, and uh, the reason this is important. Mm. At the same time, uh, they they walked it off in fashion, which also clinched. Uh, the division for them, and it was Vin Scully's last home game. Yeah, Can you imagine cool. being at that ballpark that night? Oh. That was amazing. I so wish I had gone. I wish I had known that that was going to be his last home game. I knew he was going to end after this season, but I, I did not know that that was going to be his last home game, and I hate that I missed it. But that w- that's amazing. Vin Scully, thank you very much for all the many years of your broadcasting. Probably the best broadcaster ever. Uh, if if not the bad bro- best broadcaster ever, I would say he's the best baseball broadcaster ever. Sure. Um, uh, I, uh, I, you know, I was never a Dodger fan, but I knew who he was. Uh, when I was a kid, we would watch baseball on Saturday afternoons, and it was Vin Scully and Joe Garagiola, or, or or Vin Scully and and uh, Tony Kubek was on NBC. You know, they'd have the game of the week, and you know, he just had that magical voice, and he would just tell you tales. And um, uh, you know, the baseball, the sport, you have to fill a lot of time, especially on radio in between pitches. And he just always had a story, and he never lost a beat. And he just, for all intents and purposes, seemed like a, a hell of a nice guy and just a guy that just cared about the sport and cared about the players and cared about, you know, the fans. And he called his fans friends, you know. He would yeah. always, you know, have a pleasant afternoon and uh, just a magical, magical voice uh, that will never get again, ever. It will, just won't happen. Yeah. It will not happen. Uh, it is the end of an era. And the end of an era basically for for radio, in my opinion. Mm. Funny you bring that up. Yeah. Huh. <laughs> So uh, our mains, that was all of our newsy type bits that we wanted to get through. Been a busy week, so sorry if that was kind of rapid fire. We wanted to get through all that stuff, but our main story that we wanted to talk about tonight was radio, the current state of radio, music, uh, consumption of music, uh, delivery of music, all of those things. And uh, Andy, I mean, aside from being a musician yourself, as a listener, how would you kind of uh, track the way that music, listening to music and buying music has evolved in the last 30 years. Let's let's back up a bit. Let's okay. talk about just radio in general, sure. just the medium itself. So, 
historically, uh, you know, before TV, before whatever, you know, uh, before our time, radio was it. That was the only way that, you know, uh, other than newspaper, that was the way that, you know, over the air, just that magical sort of thing. You would hear voices that told you news and and you would hear uh, dramatic programs. And that was your entertainment uh, or news or whatever it was for the longest time. Um, again, we grew up in a TV world, but our parents grew up maybe with a little bit of radio. Our grandparents had all radio. I guess the impact that radio had before now, um, I, I look at it a couple of different ways. Um, as a kid, we used to we used to go on vacations, long vacations, and my parents were cool enough to they would put tapes in uh, in the in the car, and we would listen to old time radio programs. We listened to the Abbott and Costello Who's on First routine. We listened to old Jack Benny radio shows. Uh, we listened to Amos and Andy. We listened to um, uh, uh, you know older books on tape, The Shadow. Um, and we, we heard what a radio drama sounded like and, and to think like that people would huddle around a radio and listen to those programs. And that was the way that acting and all that sort of stuff was done back in the day is, is mind boggling, but also awesome at the same time. And, and, um, even now I could listen to those things and still be entertained because you create the picture in your head and there's something really kind of cool about that. It's like yeah. reading a book, but you know, or an audio book where again, you, you create that picture in your head and then, and that's a really special thing. Here's another thing that's interesting that I, I, I remember, at, uh, at when nine 11 happened, uh, it, it was in September and I didn't see my grandfather until, uh, uh, Christmas that year. So three months later and I asked him, you know, uh, what was it like when, when, um, in 1945 or whatever, well, not 45 or uh, 41, when, you get the uh, you get the 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 radio broadcast that says FDR says uh, they bombed Pearl Harbor. We're going to war, and the entire country mobilized, and we went to war against an unknown and unseen. We didn't know. We had no idea what these people look like. We have no idea what their tanks look like. We might have seen a picture in a newspaper at that time, but essentially, without seeing, uh, okay, for for nine eleven, we saw planes fly into a, a building and, and explode and endlessly. That, yes, and and other uh, live and, and on we, TV. We've seen we've seen things that will that will that will uh, you know a call to arms and will get us riled up to potentially defend ourselves, right? Whereas with the radio, the power of radio at that time was was okay. This happened, and everybody's like, "All right, well, let's go." And so, uh, to me, I was like, "What's that like?" Just to just to to hear something, and he, he would just say, "That's the way it was," and you would hear something on the radio, and it was you know a patriotic time and. Whatever that was, it was, uh, uh, that's, that's, I guess what I wanted to get to as far as the history of radio and, and what that had done. And then, you know, everybody said radio would be dead when TV, you know, started hitting in the fifties, but it wasn't. And then we got into uh, radio being much more of a music thing with a rock and roll thing. And now we can get back into the music stuff we were talking about. In essence, we, what we're looking at here is the way that we've consumed the radio, uh, yeah. or the what, what, how the, the radio has influenced life. Even if you go back a hundred years, um, 80 years at this point, right? What you were talking about with mm -hmm. FDR announcing, uh, you're going to have to give up your sons. They're going to be drafted, and we're going to send them to this foreign place yeah, that you've way, never yes. been to. Sure. Right? So now we have got we get to the entertainment version of radio. I don't know that there, there was, was an entertainment news, There arm. was still news, but then the, when TV took over, there was still – and then, then news became Walter Cronkite sitting at a desk, and like, here's the blah, 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 blah. But blah. at a certain point, we had this division where kind of like AM – the AM channels became the news talk radio stuff. And yeah. then we, and I'm, I might be fast forwarding into the eighties or beyond. Sure. But we had this division of AM and FM and our FM was like sold sponsorships and clear channel got involved. And it was all programmatic about who was going to get the ratings and everything on the FM side of things. Yeah. And you had a channel that well, they had the, uh, not the demographics. What's the word that I'm thinking of that, uh, what what kind of music they play? Oh, on FM radio is more rock and pop, you know. No, there's or, a word for it. I just can't think of what it is right now. But you'll have the rock station, you'll yeah. have the country station, you have the Contem jazz station, contemporary, contemporary pop, yeah. and all those kinds of stuff, right? Where AM was the boring stuff. It was like the classical music. Like when we were kids, it was today's the weather. Stuff. It's going to be and 78 it was, degrees exactly. outside. And it, was, it was talking, and every now and here, and then you'd hear the beep, 
this is a test of the emergency broadcast system, right. flip the channel, and it'd be on the next channel, be on the next channel, be on the next channel. Right. Yeah. Uh, there's a whole history of, of how AM and FM came to be, and I don't know that we want to dive into that. I think the interesting part of this is how people have grown in the, in the last 15 to 20 years to consume content. It's as simple as this to me. Is radio dead? Is listening to the radio in my car dead? Yeah, I think it is. As far I, as, I really as, think it as is. As far as the infrastructure of what it used to be, for me, yes, it absolutely is. Am I listening to the radio, the actual product, the radio? Yes. Am I listening to radio the way it was? Absolutely not. And I don't think anybody is. No, I, I well, there, there's a reason they still exist, but we're seeing a lot of them constantly format. That's the word I was looking for. Okay, we see them constantly change formats to try to uh, adopt or adjust to whatever their demographic is and their listening audience. Yeah. So we see some rock stations change to country stations. Yep. We and and that happens all the time because they need to sell advertising to a targeted audience, and that's what uh, that's what they do. Here's the thing. It, to me, mainstream radio is the exact same thing as like the big. Uh, broadcast television networks they are they shove content down your throat regardless of how you want to watch it or when you want to watch it right we've come into this new world now where everything is a la carte everything is one song not a 15 dollar album you can buy a whole song for 99 cents or you can listen to uh the only the things that you want to right you can consume content at your discretion. Right. We kind of had that in a way when we were kids, right? So we would listen to the pop channel, listen to the top 40. And yep. if you were listening and you heard a song you didn't like, you'd switch over to the classic rock station or the hard rock station and you listen and then maybe you'd find one there. But there wasn't like, now we have the absolute selection of, we don't have to listen to whatever we can go to exactly where we want. Uh, there's digital radio now. There's XM radio. There's Sirius radio. Uh, all And there's hundreds of channels that have specific, like here is... 70s music here is 80s channel here is 90s channel here's uh you uh drinking coffee and listening to a guy reading poetry channel you know like it's <laughs> there's all of that there's all of that that categorized like to a to a t exactly what you want to listen to that a la carte on-demand stuff that you're talking about that all exists now whereas what i'm getting at is like when we were kids again flipping through the channels and trying to find the songs you want or listening to sports when you're mowing the lawn like you listen to the ball game when you're mowing the lawn on your on your walkman which also had a radio built in mm-hmm. you know that that was the thing. Now, you don't need a radio to do that anymore. Nope. Now you have, you know, it, to me, what killed it was Steve Jobs and basically saying like, all right, every song you've ever owned, every song you've ever liked is now in your pocket in an iPod. No, nope, it, it was before that. Okay. What was it? Oh, it, like the, the, uh, the you, we got into MP3s in the late 90s, right? Napster and LimeWire and yep. all those guys, right? Right at the turn of the century. Or taking a CD and ripping it and getting the files out of it and making your own CD. That's exactly. Just I like mean, making it's... a mixtape in cassette days before that. <laughs> but yeah, you're right. All the, the younger kids are, what's a mixtape? <laughs> exactly. They think it's a Drake drop You know or what a mixtape like is? It's a playlist. Right. It's ex- Bingo. It's exactly a place of the a la carte individual little songs that you want to put together in your own. So if you take an album and break it down, it's essentially a playlist of 12 songs from an artist. Uh, now you can make your own mixtape, right? And that's what people just do today, right? Right. Uh, my girlfriend the other day was complaining that she couldn't find her uh, playlist because she had lost it in her iTunes backup or something. I don't know. Uh, we eventually found it, and she had her whole thing there. So, again, the, to me, this whole theme is is based on of everything we're going to talk about around this is how con- content is consumed. Okay. So, if you go back to the way we listened to the radio uh, growing up, even as early as what you were talking about with your grandfather, uh, it's about the consumption of content. And the, when that really started to change, we went from tapes, cassettes, to CD, compact discs, CDs mm-hmm. in the late 80s and into the 90s, and then we got into digital Right. All of a sudden, some guys figured out as computers began to advance through the 90s that they could take a CD, put it in and encode it in a very small, compressed format called an MP3. Yeah. And hey, these are little tiny digital files that we can email to each other 
or hey, what if we create this network where we could just like share and download them? And such began the revolution of the digital era. And really, what it turned into was the recording industry going, uh, "No, you yeah. can't do that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, just stop." Yeah. <laughs> uh, and it's turned into the wars. You know, you remember the, the money good, Napster bad, yeah. the Metallica video, <laughs> yeah. right? Hilarious. So we had that through the nineties, and then we, then Steve Jobs came out and gave you a device. Yep. Previously, we didn't have a device. We had to listen to them on our computer, or we had to make our, or or, or we had to have or, a portable CD player that put the mixtape CD to burn the CDs. Right, right. right? we had to burn to our own to CDs to car, listen to it in the car. Or you had to take your CD player and plug it into the tape adapter in your car to listen to the CD that you like. All that sort of stuff. Oh God, I completely right? forgotten about right? that one. All oh my God. So, anyways, now we've got MP3 players, yep. right? Even Sony rebranded the Walkman as an MP3 player and brought it back. You don't MP3 player. You just need your phone, and you're getting it out of the air over the cloud. That's the, that's what I'm getting at. So, the 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 DJ, the the listening to the, the the radio, the listening to the guy tell the the sports stories, and and listening to talk radio and all that sort of stuff to me is is gone yeah. because of the on-demand sort of like uh, now when I'm riding in the car, you know what I listen to? Podcasts, not necessarily ours. I do once a week just to see how we did, right? But I listen to podcasts, uh, again, about specific things that I want to listen to. I listen to a podcast about Destiny. I listen to a podcast about the Blackhawks. I listen to a podcast about the Cubs, maybe. Or maybe I listen to TED Talks. Or, you know, like, again, the, the consumption of, of radio or music and what the radio used to deliver to us is now do done. And I think the other thing that we have to remember is the morning drive and the afternoon drives are always been the, the big times for radio. And the morning drive sports stuff, which is the stuff I don't know normally gravitates towards, is now not only on the radio, but it's also simulcast on ESPN. So you see the guys on TV talking about it, or you can then download that show as a podcast and listen to it at your leisure. So I said earlier, this is about the the way that content is consumed. Exactly. I would counter you and say that content that uh, radio is not dead. It's simply being consumed a different way because all of those morning talk shows are typically either uh, broadcast over the internet, streamed. Yeah. Uh, they're uploaded as podcasts for on-demand listening. They're put on YouTube or SoundCloud, any of these other ways. It's up to you as a listener to decide how you want to consume that content. And podcast is so far, you know, YouTube aside, podcast is or uh, podcasting so far is the the popular one to do that. It's come leaps and bounds since we had Leo Laporte doing the stuff in the mid two thousands with his whole Twitch or, or Twit. Uh, network that he had yeah. talking in tech or whatever it was called now you can find a podcast for anything yep anything you could possibly want to talk about or listen to somebody talk about such as geek culture and movies and all this other stuff the reason we sit here and do this right is you could find it now right and the thing i want to get to here is that's dangerous yeah as it as a, as a society as human beings we have a natural tendency to narrow our focus down to only the things that we that agree with us. Right. Right. So if you're only listening to stuff and only consuming content, specifically talk content or uh, opinionated call, quote unquote journalism, I'm doing air quotes, yeah. uh, around stuff that only you agree with, that's dangerous because it continues just to perpetuate your narrative, right? Yeah. You're not getting outside objective opinions uh, about other things that might be able to influence you one way or another. So if you're listening to, the, and you know that's not much different than what's on talk radio, sure, right? You've got different talk radio stations you that can watch. CBC, you've got NPR, or you can watch right. Fox News. It's like the same thing. Whatever it's you subscribe to, the exact to. same thing. So that's that's the only thing I'm concerned about. Yeah. I love podcasts. There's probably about 20 or so podcasts that I listen to every week. 
Uh, I agree with what you're saying as far as uh, I think what we've determined is 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 uh, I guess what I'm saying is the is the radio waves themselves the stuff that's broadcast over the radio waves is not as used by consumers as it used to be and that sort of format is a little bit different now I think we've transitioned into a digital radio stage or a digital consumption of music and I think that's where we're at with it but, but you're absolutely right about everything that you said too right I mean so what does what does that mean for radio what does that ultimately mean for um, you know, K-Rock or any of these legendary stations. It's, it's still going to be there until people stop listening to it. And if not, they'll just turn into the digital version of K-Rock. Yeah, 95.7 that Howard Stern was on in New York City. Um, uh, all the, the big legendary kind of syndicated shows that went across multiple local yeah. regionals, local geos. Um, John Boy Billy in Charlotte was one sure. of the big ones when I was growing up, well, right? Stern is with Sirius now. Now he's on can, Sirius. The only way you can listen to him is to be at He can drop as many F bombs as he wants to. Sure. Doesn't know no limits. Oh, it's great. And I think they even put his show up as a podcast now, as a as a uh, afterthought or an edited version yeah. that goes up, so you can listen to it on demand if you want to. Sure. So again, it comes all the way back to this consuming content yeah. kind of umbrella. It really is the what all the the umbrella that this falls under for me is is choice. You get to choose how you want to consume content, whether that's rock music, whether that's a talk program, talk yep. radio program, all that stuff. While I'm, in th while I'm thrilled about the way that, it, that we can get to it now, I guess I'm still kind of getting older and getting nostalgic about the way it used to be. It's uh, as simple as that. I'm not. I don't miss any of that stuff at all. <laughs> Mix, uh, uh, writing tapes and burning CDs and the effort involved, and maybe it works when you put <laughs> it in the car. I, I don't know. But uh, the ability, f yeah, you're absolutely right. The ability for me to pull my phone out Hit a cut to log in, hit a couple of buttons, and hit play or shuffle through in a music library of tens of thousands of songs that I love because I downloaded them, right? Yeah. I bought them, and it's uh, that's amazing to yeah. me. I don't have to sit and listen to five songs that I don't like to get to the one song that I do like and hear the exact same songs every hour over and over and over again because Clear Channel wants to shove them down yeah. my throat. I just wish I could go back and tell 14-year-old Andy, like, there's going to be a time. Yeah, just wait. Yeah, just wait. <laughs> or, you'll get to, or you'll get to, like, and then get back in my DeLorean and fly here. Yes, you know? exactly. <laughs> uh, speaking of fun stuff, uh, we've, we're, we've wrapped up the sort of radio talk for the week. I just want to bring up a couple of fun things that I discovered in my internet searches uh, mm. during the week. Uh, as a comic book fan, uh, and we talked about a bunch of reboots and old properties last last week and how we're a little bit frustrated that they keep doing stuff. But uh, let me tell you a couple that are kind of cool. Um, there is a, a comic book company, I believe IDW, that is doing a G.I. Joe slash mask. I don't know if you remember Mobile Armored Strike Command, the cartoon from the 80s. Maybe you don't, but they're teaming up in a comic book to fight the Transformers. Very cool. Uh, DC is coming out with a comic book of He-Man Universe and Thundercats Universe. Team what? Up. Yep, it uh, dropped today. And there's another one by Boom Studios that apparently has Jack Burton from Big Trouble in Little China fighting Snake Plissken from Escape from New York. Wait, those are both Kurt Russell. That's right. So Kurt Russell fights Kurt Russell. Dude, dude, yeah. dude. <laughs> the, the two degrees of Kurt Russell. I don't oh, know. Jesus Christ. All right. Uh, so what? How are these going to compete with like the Marvels and the DCs? I don't know. It's uh, but like once you once you put a, something on a website about it, guess what? I dropped my three bucks for each of those three books. I haven't read them yet, but I'll read them this week and I'll let you know if you should read them or not. But I just think that's kind of fun. Oh, so, something else you sent me: Guardians of the Galaxy is apparently the deadliest film of all time. Yeah, what, how, tell me about this. It's debatable. This? So let me read the article. This comes from uh, uh, the Independent in the United Kingdom. Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy may be one of the funniest superhero films to date, but don't let the facade fool you. It is the deadliest film of all time. Ready for this? <laughs> 
it says that Marvel's outing includes more on-screen casualties than any other film in cinema history of, of 83,761. And to be exact, 80,000 of those are unnamed Nova Corps And pilots. these are deaths. Deaths. The closest competitor is the 2014 film Dracula Untold, which sits a, a whole 78,184. Yeah, he killed a lot of people uh, in that movie. And, uh, number three is uh, 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 Some of All Fears, then Lord of the Rings, Return of the King. I, I, they, they must have done this before The Force Awakens when all four of those planets uh, get uh, get destroyed right. by the super Death Star or whatever, the Star Killer. The meta Death Star. Whatever yeah. the hell it is. But yeah, I just thought that was interesting. The Guardians of the Galaxy, that fun, happy movie, apparently is the... Is the highest death toll of any wow. movie ever? Crazy, right? <laughs> well, where did all the people die? I don't remember a lot of death in that. Well, movie. when they when the ships all fly up to stop the, then they form the big net, right? And all yeah. those overcore pilots. That's eighty thousand people apparently. Yeah. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> How do they come up? Here's with another this interesting stuff. thing. Quickly. Some people have too much free time on their <laughs> Here's hands. Another, we, we did uh, we did movies last week adjusted by inflation. Here's something interesting. Uh, so there, the, this is uh, an article that I read that has uh, uh, video game consoles, the price of them adjusted for inflation. So let me, give, let me give you an example. Like pick one. Pick one uh, of your life. I would go uh, nin- the original Nintendo okay. Entertainment System. The original Nintendo Entertainment System cost $199 in 1985. Today that system would have cost $445.44, oh, right? But if you think about that, your Xbox 360 or and your and your Xbox Ones and your PS4s were two ninety nine or three fifty. No, they were four hundred. Yeah, they're four hundred. I've always four hundred. Yeah, they were four hundred when they first launched. So that's not too bad, right? Pick another one. Uh, let's go Atari twenty six hundred. This is a good one. Okay, so nineteen seventy seven. This comes out at one hundred ninety nine dollars as well. Today, the Atari twenty six hundred would be seven hundred ninety dollars and ninety two cents. <laughs> Can you believe that? And then be uh, uh, even more than that, the Intellivision, which was uh, to me it was like the knockoff thing that the other kids had. I don't know, you probably don't even remember it, but it was awesome. Uh, no. uh, that came out in 1980. That was $299. So that, for just for inflation, would have been $873.97. Oh, Obviously, the one we get to like the the, the Super Nintendo and then uh, and, and, uh, uh, the PlayStation 2 and the, the more recent ones, they, they they tend to be normal. I remember Nintendo remember, 64 wait, no, being last a one, higher last one. one. Do you remember the Neo Geo? Yes, it was like, of okay, course. That was like a, what was that, like a 16-bit system or a 32-bit yeah. system? It was, system? First, it was, like, it was it, the first 16-bit system. Or was it? Or was, yeah, okay. Was so Neo that was, Geo, yeah. Neo Geo was, uh, uh, hold on, it was in 1991, it was $649. Yeah, I remember that. Right? So just for inflation, that would be $1,000. $147. So uh, uh, th- if we could go back in time and, and, and save those things and then sell them or whatever, we would, we would be making a killing. I'm, Speaking I'm, I'm of, looking at my Sega Genesis and yes. Nintendo in that box. <laughs> okay. Speaking of going back in time, or I guess going forward in time, here's uh, the last funny story I want to give you for, that I discovered this week. Okay. All right. So do you remember in Back to the Future 2, hoverboards, everybody remembers that. But do you remember those shoes that he wore that like that tied themselves? Like yeah, the they, little like, right, those, like, like yeah. Nike boot things? Okay. So... Uh, Nike is selling uh, 89 of them uh, and in, in like a lottery system, right? So for $10, they give a chance to winning a pair of these like literally like the re- like it's a remake. They're really making them. They're really making them and they really tie like they tie or whatever, right? So uh, 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 you have $10 uh, get you a chance to buy or to win one of these things. All the proceeds go towards the Michael J. Fox Foundation, which is a really cool thing. To oh, help that's Parkinson's, brilliant. Right? So uh, that's a really cool thing. So that will lead us into my final thing I want to do. Maybe something we start doing each week. Ready for this? <laughs> yes. Okay, we're going to start this new thing called Lightning Round. We just talked about Back to the Future. We just talked about Back to the Future, right? Yes. Okay, here we go. Lightning Round. Best movies set in the future. Go. Uh, Aliens. Uh, Edge of Tomorrow. Um, Oblivion. Yeah. I'm doing Tom Cruise movies. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Minority Report. Shit, there's another one. Um, I, I don't know. What's some of yours? Uh, 12 Monkeys. We said Aliens. But that's a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. It doesn't count. <laughs> Doesn't count. They had ships, but they had that technology a long time ago in a different galaxy. Sure, so fine. Um, 
uh, uh, Tron, I guess, is in the future, kind of, but it, it wasn't it in the 80s, but the new one was, right? <laughs> I, I kind of like that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Total Recall. Total. Oh, yes, Total Robocop Recall. was set in the future. Uh, Terminator. The yeah, Terminator. Well, it was, yeah. Uh, Terminator 2, no. Yeah, well, the Terminators have this future element of coming back, but yes, there are, there are parts of that that are in the future. Absolutely. Uh, we said 12 Monkeys. What else did we say? Uh, Demo- Demolition Man. Demolition yes. Man. Yes. yes. That's a good one. Judge Dredd, maybe? They, they still have Taco Bell and Demolition Man. Just yeah. so you know. In the future, everything is Taco Bell. John Sparta. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. <laughs> well, folks, that's going to be our show for this week. Uh, thank you very much for tuning in again. As always, please leave us feedback. Leave us a review on the iTunes store. Let us know what you think about all this stuff. You can find me, Nick Howell, over at Data Center Dude on Twitter. And Andy? You can find me at AndyNelson76 on Twitter, or you can find me online playing Destiny the Rise of Iron. That's probably what we're going to be doing the rest of the week, if not the next two weeks, arguably. If not in the next five minutes. Uh, that's a good point. All right, <laughs> folks. Uh, we'll see you next week. Later. Bye-bye. <laughs>